0: I think when i was like 17 maybe i took this like tumblr quiz and I, I
1: was it's all like, about am i gay quizzes.
2: yeah what did you think when we first said like hey want to come on this podcast like what was your first impression of hearing what i wish my parents knew series
0: i thought it was intriguing for sure when you mentioned like talking about like queerness and all that kind of stuff that's always right up my alley and then the parent part I was like oh I don't know what would I want my mom to do different it's important to talk about I think I see like how my best friend parents and she's doing exactly what I would want my mom to do but I thought it was really cool. I was really excited when you mentioned it. I was and You're
2: a godparent. Godparents, Godparents. Yeah. Godparents Unite. Yeah. We're
0: like all healing each other's inner child by raising Aww. this kid together. Yeah. All four of us, kind of. And I'm like, you're the mom that I wish I had. Like,
1: do you have a good relationship with your mom? Or do you have Yeah, yeah. It's gotten
0: a lot better. I will say. The coming out part was great. Rest of stuff not so good. But we have a much better relationship than we have in the past. We've definitely worked on it.
2: I thought one thing about my mom when I was little, living in her house. Yeah. I thought one thing about my mom as a teen. I thought it, like, different changes. things mm-hmm. in my early twenties, and I feel differently. Now heading into my thirties, that just is less about my mom and more about my yeah. healing, my mm-hmm. perspectives, like how sure, sure. I can see her differently, the space I can offer, and as I mature, like things I would handle different That I'm like, maybe she just never, no one had ever talked to her about it, or she didn't have that community. I feel like a lot of people always want to say like, oh, this is what I wish my parent wanted to do differently.
1: They automatically think my parent was a horrible parent. Wrong. Yeah, but I mean, in reality, it could just be like, oh, I wish they would have done this differently. Not yeah. that I had a bad relationship or I had a horrible childhood or anything like that. It just means, I think, maybe you doing this, or this, and this, may have made a little bit of a difference, or may have made me feel a little different, or more seen. That doesn't mean like, it's bad parenting. It's more of like, I just really felt like this could have helped me.
2: Like always improving. It feels almost like a performance evaluation at work where in, your initial instinct is like, yeah. that. I feel threatened. Yeah. I, feel, do, I don't really want to hear this. I don't want you to give me feedback on what I could have done different or better. But I think in a supportive environment where if you like your boss and you trust your supervisor or your boss, a performance evaluation can be like a very, very revelatory, supportive conversation where they're mm-hmm. like, hey, here's our two cents. Here's where you killed it. Like, here's where you're thriving. Here's how we're going to acknowledge that. Here's some areas that we're trying to clarify expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. asking clarifying questions. Do you know your job description? Do you whatever? It feels kind of like that. Like, the initial thought is like, what I wish my parents knew. It's like, okay, so great. Here we are again with the narrative that parents are messing everything up. And I'm like, that's maybe the initial gut feeling that can come to mind, which is a lot of, like, defensiveness or fear or, like, I'm just doing the best I can.
1: They always say, like, start off with the good. Yeah. And maybe that will help, like, your parents... But then I also, too, it might just be the parent. Because there are some parents, even if you start off with a good. As soon as you say the negative, yeah. it's like, it's well, over. then maybe I shouldn't have I had you. I, or yeah,
2: uh Like, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have had you. Maybe you shouldn't have been born. Maybe I should have just left you a little. I'm like, you should have just had a different mom because I just did everything yeah. wrong, apparently. And I'm like, man, I wish I didn't have to go there. My my parent doesn't have those statements, but that's common, I think. It's, Super it's very, common. very it's like, common. I'm feeling triggered. And I think that's easy to feel that way as a parent because you kind of give your all. Mm-hmm. Even if you're doing it the wrong way, like yeah. the parents that I associate with are like putting it all on the line. And Gabby works. in wraparound services for foster yeah. youth.
0: We partner with Defacts to provide education support for kids in foster care. It's just making sure that they are treated the same way. I think a lot of schools like to kind of treat mm-hmm. them a lot differently. And it's a lot more advocacy that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like making sure like kids in foster care get, Cute school supplies they want, and they get the nice book bag, and they get to go to prom and yeah. all their senior trips. They can go on all the senior trips. They can pay their senior dues. Band, being able ba- to be oh, in band, yeah, have band chorus, fees, or buy an track. instrument. Yeah, yeah. So like we support them that
1: kind of way. A lot of people don't think about stuff like that. No, mm-hmm. until because like I've had prom is a big a deal, huge,
0: and the prom dress you want and, yeah. like, that oh, you and not just a
1: problem dress like you could afford because that's yeah. the money you got
0: and the hair you want and like and the hair is big now so like the yeah. wig you want like it's yeah. i the nails you want all that kind of
1: stuff for me as a kid because i live from jersey and prom was supposed to be—you spent as much on your prom that you kind of would have spent like on a wedding. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, you would have like a, before you went to school, like went to your prom dance or your prom dance or whatever. Yeah. You would have a whole fashion show. It would be at the middle school. They would have this red carpet. Oh wow. And then all the people before you went to your prom, you would come and you show all your dresses on this like little red carpet thing. You would spend a lot of money to be able to like go to prom, and so and yeah, I think it's important if you were that the
2: household that didn't have. Like The foster parents yeah. are just like,
1: Nope,
0: no, nope. <laughs> not in this house. To get like clothing allowances, but that's always
1: up to the discretion of the foster parent
0: and, and doesn't always come in time and things like that. Um, so being able to get a girl like the prom dress she wants, and especially when the kids aren't expecting it, like when they're like, Oh, wait, I can like get Aww. that dress, like, I, I can do this, and it's, it's really nice. Just trying to help where I can because mm-hmm. I know there's like tons of other factors that they're going through, but like if I can. Get you the make really nice special, back, and, then make yeah, it feel like that. a normal
1: childhood, like little bits yeah. and pieces of it. And that's really important yeah, exactly. for kiddos to have. Children who are in the foster care and then LGBT foster kids that they like are caring for. A lot of kids are feeling like they'll be kicked out. Yeah. They have to hide it. Um,
0: Lack are. of
2: safety. Lack of safety. There's There's such
0: a lack of safety because also you don't know. And when you go into a foster home, you're hoping that that's hopefully like the last home you go into besides reunification yeah. if you're going back with your parents. But you want to just be as quote unquote good as possible as quote unquote normal as possible i don't want to have any issues so i'm just not gonna like toe the line i'm not gonna they don't be myself yeah mm-hmm. and so they don't get to be themselves and if they are themselves and that's a problem and i don't know it makes it really tough for youth in foster care but i don't want to mistake but i believe that um youth in foster care who are lgbtq plus have like such higher rates of homelessness oh also such higher rates of
2: abuse and neglect crisis. and ment- oh yeah self-harm suicidality yeah yeah she does lgbtq trainings and facilitation at her place of employment Mm -hmm. um having been from that community and like lecturing on that or giving yeah like
0: just mostly like trainings and things like that to specifically state office workers whether it's like case managers even foster parents sometimes too but yeah so like mostly just like trainings like how to be nice to like queer kids that you work with
2: such a challenging topic yeah apparently it is
0: i just try to I don't know. Educate as many people as I can. And it, there's a lot of pushback. We yeah. don't always get crowds that want to be there mm-hmm. and we don't always get case managers that want to listen. It is really nice to see that light bulb go off for some people and
2: be like, Oh, okay. That Just those makes you You can connect with because yeah. then they're offering a safer space to the kids that yeah. they're case managers. For That's all we or want. Do you, mm-hmm. How do you bridge the topic of like, I'd like to present some information to you but it's not the only right way or like the one right way. Do you ever address that in your speaking or, yeah. how, or what do you think about that? So
0: I think we'd make a lot of disclaimers of like, this is there's not one way. Like all of every kid that you have on your caseload is not the same kid. Yeah. Every situation is not the same situation. We just want to, as best as possible, give you some kind of like tangible way to support that kid best. And of course there's your own
1: discretion. There's nuance, all those kind of things. I've been to some of those trainings. Oh really? And some of those trainings are very um religious yes Mm -hmm. and very um has to be very like this is the way and like your home is gonna be like this and of course if your home is better than the home that they came from you should Mm. want them to stay with you instead of Mm. like trying to reunify and then and it makes me really frustrated because it's like they're thinking like oh because i'm part of religion Mm -hmm. and because i've got money and because we're a two-parent household and, and like, and all these other reasons, mm-hmm. our home More is better. Ideal. And they're thinking of these children as they're so lucky to have you. and yeah. I don't like. And they're so better off than their their first families, and I don't like that idea. Drew and I, I remember one we one conference we went to, they prayed, and like in the middle of it, it's like, and I felt so awkward. And yeah. like, I I am a Christian woman, yeah. and I'm like, this is not this is not church. We should be learning yeah. about how to better serve these children and be better adoptive parents and foster parents. And you're here, like, this is not church. Yeah. I don't feel like we should have had a, a like a prayer right in the middle of this. And then the very last speaker, um, she had us pray, and then she I pulled out her Bible and then read verses from her Bible and explained how um, what we were doing. It was like, like being Jesus' hands on earth. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh. And I... Well, even as a Christian woman, I felt like it was very harmful Mm. because it's this way of like, okay, your home is really good and Jesus and Heavenly Father blessed you, but like, what about the other homes? Mm. Why are we blessed and not them? And why are we talking about it in a way that's making it seem like Jesus didn't love them enough to bless them in a way where we seem so high and mighty. I just didn't like that. I think in a way it should have been really separate. It should have been more about the education and the numbers and access to resources all that more than using religion in a way to justify the reasons why we've become adopted parents or foster parents and also a lot like even though i am a christian woman there could have been other people who are not christian based who went there to learn who were bombarded with this and it also could push them away from doing Mm -hmm. good work of becoming foster parents because I usually I talk a lot about how I feel like we need more black families and we need more LGBT families becoming foster parents, or becoming adoptive parents, because I know the numbers. And like those are the children in there that if they have someone who is able to mirror them, they don't feel they feel less lonely. Right. It's the same reason why I think it's really important for my daughter, who is white, to have mirrors for her that I think these children should also have it in the families that are taking them in as well. And we don't. We just don't. And I know it's not in a way of saying like black families that they're not doing some type of adopting, but it's very different. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say at a smaller scale, but it is just different in the traditional way of fostering and adopting. That I think a lot of black families should be doing maybe more of like the traditional adopting or fostering through the system to help more children. Because I think it's a lot of the times it's just like, oh, the neighbor or your family member, which I think should be done. It should yeah. be done. So I'm not trying to say that shouldn't be done. But I think in addition to helping other families, because I think then we would have children who would benefit from it in the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like
0: being intersectional and like, you know, supporting all children, there could be more Black families that also aren't accepting of like LGBTQ plus youth. And I've worked with a lot of them who do have that more religious background. Mm-hmm. That's also a major gap too.
2: Some of the families I work with in the same realm... Their faith is what offers them resilience, Offer them, offers them compassion and like the drive to, so those children are like what in police stations and in the defects office sleeping on the floor or being raised in like a really religious, what, like maybe they're being microaggression or macroaggression harmed in that home. But are they not on the office of the defects office? Like that's always so hard. And how do we do advocacy in the spaces that we're in Gina saying like, Hey, maybe after this conference, I'm going to circle back and say, I love the conference. Here's what I learned. It was challenging for me that we prayed Gabby offering more like non denominationally based trainings and yeah. conferences like that. And just like for LGBTQ kids trying to bridge the gaps and not say it's not that you're not doing a good job or you're not doing enough, but let's consider all of the impact of how we're approaching your role as a foster parent.
1: I think one of the things that I feel a lot of people want to say is, Oh, well, if, like you said, well, do we want them sleeping on the floor at defects or mm-hmm. do we want them in a home? We shouldn't be thinking of like either or, yeah. right? We should be thinking, well, we shouldn't have to think it has to be either they sleep there or in their near home. Why don't we find a way of like you, we teaching you how to better be a better foster parent where you're welcoming to all other like all people? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be they're sleeping in defects or they can't be in your home? Why can't it be? You're more you, open yeah. to you, learning your more, adjusting perspective. And why perspective. is that? And that shouldn't even be an option. That shouldn't even be something that we're comparing it to. They
0: could be sleeping on, like, no, that, they should never. Mm-hmm. That should never be a thing. They should mm-hmm. never be sleeping there. That's that should not even be allowed.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> where we are currently yeah. in our system. Suppose, in our in this county right here, because this is
1: a part of the county we are from in say state. It, yeah. But um, it's a big, big problem. And mm-hmm. My husband told me they spent I want to say sixty or six hundred thousand dollars on hotels mm-hmm.
2: oh that's huge issue. it's such
0: a big issue yeah and in the counties that i work with too it's such a big issue so many kids in hotels mm-hmm. just staying
1: in a hotel yeah <clears throat> staying in hotels because there's known families that can take them in yeah and so they have like one adult per how many kids that they're like, like a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a lot and so then they're they've got each kid assigned to a, a, like a hotel room yeah and then that kid by themselves is living in a hotel room and then maybe and going not to school. In, yeah, not in school Usually districts. that's
0: the big issue is that they're not in school because they're not in the district. And then mm-hmm. also the fact that the being in a hotel is supposed to be super temporary when it's not. So it's like, do we enroll them where they are in this hotel right now? Mm-hmm. Do we not? I mean, we're always on the side of get, get them out of school. But I can imagine like you don't have a family to come home to like doing your homework, like no one's there like make you lunch. No one's there to mm-hmm. there's not like, a kitchen. K- there's no access.
2: It's like yeah.
0: I guess they are trying to work on it in the counties that I work with, but it is a huge issue. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine being in those kids' positions
1: And then the traffic thing too, because they're in hotels and yeah. people who can tell like, hey, these kids are vulnerable. Peak vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. And so you have this one person for how many kids who's probably just really trying just to make it. Like, yeah. It's not Always. like they're purposely being neglectful, but it's hard There's to take no care way. of a lot of kids. My husband told me that they had to move around hotels a bunch because not be it was such a huge, yes, yeah. not to be a huge target because people were like, hey, we can get, um, traffic them really easily. Yeah. It's super, we could offer these things to them. yeah. And like there's no one really like there to take care of them because this person who's taking care of them is managing so many kids yeah, that right. they got to the point when they had to move around hotels just so that these kids were not in harm's way.
2: It's like the populations that fall through the cracks yeah. so easily. And to compound things, if any of those kids are even more marginalized, like foster kids, definitely foster yeah. kids of color, even mm-hmm. more foster kids that are LGBTQ of color <laughs> yeah. is like this really niche or even mm-hmm. not of color. But adding in that yeah. orientation or gender identity component is like just complicates things to the next level sure. because you're at the mercy of not just the system and like access to resources, but the personal preferences or religious preferences of your caseworker of For your sure. supervisor of whatever to where if, are you gonna be safe? Are you gonna be treated the same? Are you Mm -hmm. gonna have what you need? How do we make those spaces more supportive? If you're in a role that's touching children's lives, they don't have to be foster kids, like any kiddo. What does it look like to make an environment for someone who has that sort of identity or is exploring that sort of identity? safer. A point that I had put down that I'd love to hear you both of your thoughts on, and that I would really be fascinated what different listeners of the podcast feel is what makes someone LGBTQ. Is that something that someone is influenced into? Is it how they're born? Do you become more aware of who you are because of what you're exposed to or how someone talked to you about it? Or is it just like nature nurture? What are the ratios here? And are there ratios? I have my thoughts and I'm happy to share, but I'm just, yeah. What do you guys think? How did what makes someone queer or part of the LGBT community?
1: My friends who are queer who come to come out to me and they'll tell me little moments like, oh, did you even recognize this or this or seeing this? That makes me realize, oh my goodness, this has always been like a mm-hmm. part yeah. of them this has always been something that it's been there and that I just didn't see because I'm straight. So then I only think of something in a like very like straight
2: mind. You're like, that was off my radar. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, I had a friend who like came out, she came out to me and she was really surprised and really scared. And she was like, Oh, you you don't remember that moment or like this moment. I was like, yeah, but like, I didn't think anything of it. I never really cared if she was or not. She was still who she was. That I think that's also maybe why I was kind of like that person who was blind to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, her mentioning all those little moments, or even my brother in law, him telling me a lot of stories of him as a kid, or my and my husband telling me lots of little stories about. His brother, when he came out to them, they're all like, "Oh, finally!" Of like, course, <laughs> of course, yeah, right? yeah. Right. So you're and,
2: leaning on the side of like nature, like that is yes, just the person. It's just who, who they, they are. Yes.
1: I also feel like preferences, in a way, mm. it can sometimes be nature or nurture both. Yeah. Because I think of I like agree. things that have influenced me. I agree. Like, to be attracted to certain people can also be so not like in the sense of maybe gender, but like like I think about my husband and like, how I really like darker hair. And really, really tall guys, and maybe small, a little bit smaller than me, kind of thing. <laughs> like I dated a lot of guys like that. Not to say I didn't date other guys. I dated guys of different races. I even dated a guy that was shorter than me. So it's not like I stayed within my preference all the time. <laughs> but the majority would always be like some, some skinny, or like some skinny guy could be white or black with dark hair. And really, really tall. Yeah. And like could eat like a whole bunch and like never gain weight. Like, always mindful. Yes. <laughs> Very niche. I know. Yeah. Whatever. But I like, think about that, and that could also be the nature and nurture thing. But like when I think about me being straight, I never thought about it. I felt like it was something that was always there, which is something I hear from a lot of my queer friends. Mm -hmm. It was just always there. That attraction was always, always there. But you're talking
2: about what I'm hearing is like the nurture part is if no one was giving you the language, you were never seeing it anywhere. Even though it's always there, it wasn't manifesting or even consciously acknowledged because... the world you were brought up in was queer absent like Mm -hmm. you know I'm not seeing this Mm. no one even told me that it would feel a certain way to be attracted to a certain person or Mm. to not identify as cisgendered however Mm. I'm born right like and
0: that's why I would I would think it's a little bit of both for myself I would say nature for sure like I don't think uh, there was something I watched that made me gay I don't think it was like a specific influence or something (laughs) on tv yeah (laughs) exactly but I would say like the society and the things that I surrounded myself with maybe made it more comfortable to come out, maybe made yeah. me feel more safe. And I do think that people can be influenced as far as like maybe how they present themselves or, mm-hmm. you know, even like style. If you are an LGBTQ community, like how, what you want to wear, things like mm-hmm. that, like you can be influenced in those ways. I don't know if you can be influenced that heavily into your attraction or mm-hmm. like, you know, how you identify, I guess. Feels but I do think that, yeah. yeah, like society can influence how you portray yourself or how you present things like that. And yeah, I think it's true. Like if you, grew up with the language if you grew up around other like queer people then maybe it. the way you present it or maybe how early you come out is different mm-hmm. or the safety around it is different but not around who you are as a person and what was that, that like sense? for you
2: I don't know if I've ever even asked you <clears throat> we've been friends for the past I know. three four years yeah and I don't know if I've ever asked like what age you were when it was first yeah your consciousness was starting to be developed around being queer your yeah. queer identity and then what was the process and age and timeline like for sharing that publicly or with other people yeah. or whatever.
0: I I've been asked that question before like what age and I really don't remember. I remember like watching stuff and being attracted to like I don't know if y'all have seen like Stick It the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like about this like gymnast. The Disney movie? No, oh. not the not the Disney one. It was like <laughs> Oh, the
1: one with the girl with the um, the gymnastics yes yes, 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 yes.
0: I remember seeing that and this <laughs> <laughs> There's this scene at the beginning where she's like running and like she she's taking her like taking her clothes off but like so you can say that she's a girl because you couldn't tell at the beginning that she was a girl mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh." Like I that I'm into I that was like she's yeah I was like okay and then like I noticed little things but I think when I was like seventeen maybe I took this like Tumblr quiz and I, I was it's just all like, about am I gay oh, yes oh, the goodness. little I like, like am I am I yeah. understand yes literally means, like, BuzzFeed Tumblr quizzes yes yes because <laughs> I I think that's when I was really I was I had I was like oh like maybe. Maybe I am, like, who knows? I was a theater kid. Like it wasn't that different. Like, it wasn't too much of a weird thing. And so I took the quiz and it said like pansexual or something. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) I think the first person I came out to actually was my boyfriend at the time, which is so wild. I know. He was like, he was like my best friend. Like we were so close, and he was my boyfriend. And I remember being like, yeah, so I took this quiz and you know, it said this, and he was really cool about it. He was like, okay, like. Cool. Yeah, like, that's cool. Like, <laughs> and then we didn't talk about it telling. I Like, I mean, I was, then I was able to, like, be more open. And then my friends, we, we were all kind of trying to like, explore ourselves around that time. So, like, mm-hmm. coming out wasn't too awkward. I I still had to come out, but it wasn't too awkward. It wasn't, um, like, a big announcement.
2: Did it you just wasn't, have, like, good. little conversations? Like yeah. yeah, it was
0: kind of like little conversations. But then at the time, we were all learning. So people were asking me, oh, like, so when are you going to date a girl? When are you going to do this? Like, blah, 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 And so I had to figure out what that meant for myself. Mm-hmm. But then coming out to my mom specifically, I will say was actually really great which i didn't think it would be because growing up she was pretty like homophobic in a way like, she would say certain things and i would play like frank ocean a lot she's like oh i used to like him but he's gay so i don't want you to like play him for me anymore and i was like, oh. I was like what? it's like what's still so it's good like little side little things and i don't think she's hear. she's ever noticed that it ever like affected me yeah and so and as i got older i would try to educate her in small ways this is what this means and that just means you like someone else and blah blah and so i was trying to like teach her and then once i Really, I was like, okay. So I think if I came out, she may be okay. Mm-hmm. So I like, went to dinner one time. She came visit me at my dorm. Went to dinner downtown, and I was sh- I remember shaking, like my whole body was shaking, and I just said it, and she was like, she's like, okay, like she said that makes sense. She said you're such like an open person, like I that makes you sense just for you. Love whoever you love. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember like the like. I would, my body was so hot. I just remember the relief yeah. being able to breathe. I think I all started crying and she felt bad that I even had to feel like that. And then I yeah. told her, I was like, well, you know, growing up, you weren't super open. So yeah. I didn't know that I could tell you or I could ever tell you. And she even said herself, she's like, yeah, maybe at that time I wouldn't have been able to, to hear it in the way I can hear it now. I was about 20. And then, yeah, we went to Sweet Hut across the street and we got a little pastry. She bought me, like, a little pastry. as like a, you know, congrats kind of thing. And then every year now, she sends me a picture of us at the Sweet Hut and she's like, happy coming out day. And now oh she wears, gosh. like, proud Daddy. mom shirts and she'll argue with people about who are, like, transphobic and stuff. And like, she's so in it now. Like, she's arguing with, like, her friends. She goes hard for me now. Oh, my yeah. gosh.
1: Yeah, I know. Oh, Let my sure you know, <laughs> In, like, good ways, too. Yeah. And, and, like, sadness, like, in the sense of... The idea of my kids being so scared to tell me anything makes me so sad. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, I tell my kids a lot. What's the worst that I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm like, give me a consequence. and you might like take away my video games or TV. I'm like, that is the worst that I'm going to do. And you may have to sit in a lecture. Like, I will sit and talk to you, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to talk about our feelings, and I'll tell you how I feel about the situation. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you to tell me how you feel about it. Like, that is the worst. Yeah. Like, mommy's never going to like leave you. I'm, I'm not going to disown you. You're not gonna get a spanking. You're not yeah. getting get any less. I'm any, not gonna yeah. love you any less. I really want them to know like what the worst is going to be, which yeah. is sit through a lecture and like how hard is it? you. I yeah. sit through. I make them sit through lectures all the time. Where I'm like, <laughs> why is so important to like learn and be in school? And like, I want you to make more money than I do. And I want you yeah. to be smart. Yeah. Table, how yeah. To
2: lotion but you after, you yeah.
0: created that safe space for them, and now they know. I think my mom, yes, she was really sad that I felt that way, but she also was like, but I didn't give you that space. I think it took her a while to realize it. Even like to this day, but she's like, I know, I you know did something wrong. And I didn't give you that space. She didn't provide that like comfort. I truly did not know what was gonna happen she if I didn't ever came say out. out loud? You know? know
2: whoever you are and no matter how you're living your life like my love for you never is gonna change no out loud yeah and not my kid knows that like out loud i think
0: it's really important to provide that for them
1: i think we all know how it feels to be alone whether or not if you feel like your parents would be there for you for a certain thing and so yeah. to be able to proudly say mom, me, and, me and my mom we could, we could be going in jail together because yeah. she's fine for me and like kind of thing yeah. that feels really really good we'd be like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bail you out if I'm not yeah. in jail she's with you down. I'm definitely yeah. bailing you out
0: and she's also educating herself like she's not and I mean I'm always down to but she's like I just learned this thing or like I just learned that this person uses they them pronouns and she's told me about like People are celebrities who have, like, changed their pronouns before I knew. And I'm like, oh, thank you, mom, because I didn't know that. My partner uses they, she pronouns, and my mom is really – like, she will, like, make sure to say it. And if she doesn't, she doesn't, like, make it this big thing where she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't get mad at me. Like, she just – she switches it really quick, keeps going. And I am just, like, in awe of the 180 because it was so different going up. So the change that she made was incredible.
2: Kids are reading the room. Like, kids are experts at reading the room, so they're Mm -hmm. always – thinking through from every little experience yeah. that they're having, am mm-hmm. I safe, am I not? They overheard you talking about not wanting to listen to a certain artist anymore. Or in yeah. my house, it was like gay media was like equivalent to really harmful hurtful yes. bad bad like this is off limits you're gonna become like a tainted a person or 100 yeah. you'll be like this is gonna make you you know impacted in a negative way yeah being exposed to the lgbtq community yeah. and like so i you hear that stuff like i internalized and had no idea as someone who came out to myself as a grown adult mm-hmm. it was of course, completely off my radar. Yeah. And I don't know, but I heard that and I absorbed that and not just in how I perceived the world, but since I identify in the queer community and community, it was how I perceived myself. And I didn't know, it's not like a conscious thought, but my little seven year old self was like, Oh, these people are harmful. These people are breaking families apart. These people Mm -hmm. are confused. They're mentally unwell. Like it's not my eight year old has read some something or I was too woke in my parenting and now they think they're trans. Like probably it's your kid just asking like, why does that person, is that person a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to me, mom? Or but it's those little early questions and how yeah. you respond then yeah. that's helping them form their view of self, world, peers, mm-hmm. others. Like, and it can either be a supportive, open-minded a conversation where at the end of it, no matter what answer you offer them, they walk away thinking like, if I have more questions like this, my parents are someone I can talk to. Yeah. Or it's when I brought that up, my parents were threatened. My yeah. parents were upset. Mm-hmm. My parents were judgmental. Uncomfortable. They were afraid. Or saying mean words. Yes. Uh, yeah. I oh, have personal
1: yeah. experience with other parents that I know who their ch- children have come out and that child was so afraid to come out to them because their parents were so opposed to mm-hmm. um, people of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And so much so that now their relationship is so strained mm. because even though the parents are really, really trying, it doesn't matter because everything traumatizes this child so much where even one little mistake where, you know, like how you said to your mom, like, oh, sometimes like she misgenders mm-hmm. my partner. I every mean, once in a while, but she is not on purpose and she'll just keep it moving. Yeah. That if something were a small little happen with this per like this parent and this child, that this child would be like, you hate me and oh, I already know yeah. how you feel. That it really has gotten it to be such a big deal it's really changed their relationship, mm-hmm. so, such in such a bad I would say in bad negative way. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it changes because yeah. I truly wish for all parents to have relationship with their children. Yeah, but like this child. Had heard so many negative things in their home Mm -hmm. about being like people who are part of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure this person knew for a really, really long time that they were. That when they finally decided, because they were fully out of the home before, obviously, before they told their parents. Yeah, Which is yeah, me so too. common. Which is, I had to make sure I was For safe first. For your own
2: safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do if you share that with your parent and you're 15 and your parent has a really intense response and you're, they're like, okay, yeah. now you're not watching these shows. They lock down to protect you. Mm-hmm. And your life kind of like sucks after. Mm-hmm. It breaks your relationship or impacts it. it. feels like everything will change. They feel differently about you. You can never take it back. Mm-hmm. And you live under their roof. Mm-hmm they give they drive you places they buy your yeah. clothes for you like your real material needs are impacted yeah. if you come out in an unsafe environment so yeah. lots of people wait till they're out of the home.
1: So I have a Reddit story here and I really wanted to read it and it says how would or do you talk to your children about trans and non-binary identities. So with that my kids wife and I are going to go apple picking with our best friend from high school and her partner Connor. Connor does not identify as a gender and uses pronouns they them. We haven't seen them since past pre-pandemic. However, this time, our oldest son is almost seven, much more curious and intelligent than he was when we last saw them. We wanted to try and brace them on being respectful and using proper pronouns for Connor, even though from this point of view, Connor might present as a man. So we had a talk about Connor and how they do not identify as a gender. The opportunity to have the conversation kind of popped up so we weren't as prepared to articulate some of the more complicated aspects of gender identity so a seven-year-old can understand. But what we basically said to him was that everyone is born with a sex, mostly grounded in their DNA and genitals. As a person gets older, learns more about themselves and the world around them, they begin to develop a gender identity. Society has traditionally tried to fit everyone into two genders male and female, but people are more complicated and there are so many things that inform who we are. For some people, identifying as a man woman doesn't work for them because all the things people think that they think man or woman doesn't properly capture who they are. And for trans people, It's more that they do identify as a gender, but it doesn't match the sex that they were born with. So they have to deal with growing into the person they were meant to be. He asked a ton of very innocent questions, understandable questions, and we did the very best that we could to answer them. He seemed content with our explanations and not very concerned with this issue. His main takeaway about it was nothing to do with the complexities of gender versus sex, what he took away was we don't be rude to others and call them names that they don't want to be called. And so he was happy to call Connor Connor or they them. I would love to hear if any dads have had this common with their kids, how did it go with them? Does anyone have thoughts on simple ways to explain lifestyles that perhaps your children are not directly exposed to on a regular basis mm. so that we can have more of an understanding slash accepting when, when they do get exposed? I think the parent did a really, really good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of just because I think they might have did a better job than I did. That's really good. <laughs> like really, really, like some of the explanations.
2: Yeah. Like they did
1: a really, really they good did. job. I don't know. And I this mean- is
2: the foundation that I took when explaining to my parents. Yeah. I don't think there was any, my parents had no context of the difference between biological sex gender identity what is gender as like a social construct i don't think they knew there was a separation between someone's like genitalia and their gender and what is gender as this like as a construct and to explain that to them was a novel idea yeah working towards helping them understand non-binary and people that use they them Mm -hmm. not only was that off their radar but they didn't know there was a difference and that's a great Mm -hmm. starting point that this person just like simple plain and clear
1: yeah they did a great job. The biggest takeaway is just being nice to them and treating them with kindness. And yeah. I love that the child saw that because that means that parent has done a really good job and in like, teaching their child to just be kind to people who may not be like them or may not think like them. I think
2: when I've talked to people that are hesitant about introducing this topic to children, something that I've heard come up is like, but then... It, My child won't have any space to like, it'll be wrong or bad to just be straight or to just be like, they're going to feel some sort of shame about their identity or some sort. And I'm like, that's just not a thing. It's not a thing. And, and. As parents, I don't think we have to worry about that inclusivity estranges people. The very definition of being inclusive is that there is space for you to be your beautiful self mm-hmm. and there is space for your neighbor or the person yeah. next to you to be their beautiful self. And we're going to lead with compassion and we're going to lead with integrity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're not having to like, you're not losing your rights or your autonomy by like Expressing using inclusive pronouns or using yeah. the right, the name, because hopefully that person from that identity is doing the same for you and you have a right to ask for that too Mm -hmm. and there's space for all of those things and children are incredibly capable of all of those nuances and i mean their whole life is nuanced right teaching them about the most basic things they have no framework for already and we that are wrapped up in like, oh, this is a political issue or this is a big mm-hmm. yeah. religious issue. They don't have frameworks or concepts of that. No. So however you choose to introduce it to them is their idea of if, if this is filled with shame, if this is weird, if this is yeah. awkward, if you're feeling some sort of big way about the topic, they're going to pick, they, pick up on that way yeah. more than what you're actually saying out of yeah. your mouth. They're like, oh, this makes my parent feel weird. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it must be a weird thing to be or mm-hmm. to talk about. hmm. It's shameful. It's private. Like, because I can tell when people have just the talk about sex in general, kids are picking up on all of that. And this is like a whole new layer Mm -hmm. of, do do you guys have insights on, or what are your thoughts on, like making that a more, what work can you do if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I know that I have my own debunking of biases or whatever it is. Like, what might a parent do if they want to have these types of conversations, but when they think about it, it makes them feel like clammed up or they don't know how to approach it or they're afraid it'll all come out. They need to impact
1: the issues that they have themselves before they try to have a conversation with their kids. Yeah. Because I definitely feel like, like, and I I hope my husband doesn't like feel too weird about me saying this. Even when we were talking about him and his brother, I realized like I was so okay with a lot of things. And my husband was like, so uncomfortable with some things, and I recognized the reason what for it was because he saw his brother go through a lot of yeah. just crap. Like, you know, people were really homophobic 10, 15, 20, and I'm trying to think 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so yeah. he saw his brother go through the a word lot. Game is stupid. Yeah. yeah, right. And I think my husband seeing some of a lot of the trials that his brother went through. Like, no one really wants that for anybody, right? Yeah. But especially if you see your own sibling going through that, that in the same way that my husband knew that his brother was gay for a really long time because his mom, when he came out to his mom, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we kind of knew. Like, I'm glad that mm-hmm. you've... It, even though they always knew, it was also really hard f- for them. I'm Not harder than what he had to go through, but seeing someone you care for going through a lot of that, yeah. I think was really, really hard. And so Drew had to, like... I think he had to unpack a lot of stuff himself, and so then fear
2: and yeah, fear and all this stuff.
1: and then having to talk to your kids who you are like, like your whole job is like to protect them and love and care for them. It is kind of scary. So I'm not gonna try to sit here, but like. It's totally easy, and you yeah. should just it'll do come it. So and it'll come so natural, right? I think society's kind of pushed us to not make it a natural thing because it's supposed to be—you're supposed to be straight anyways, yeah—and you're not supposed to talk about it because there's no other option. And yeah. it's not very natural. I'm hoping one day it'll be very natural, yeah, and it'll be like kind of like an easy thing for everybody to talk about. But right now, where we are, right now in society, is not very like natural. It is kind no. of difficult and awkward sometimes. And I think, one, we sh- they sh- parents should learn how to impact the issues that they have with themselves, ideas. But also, to- it shouldn't be one conversation. Yeah, It should be lots of little talks that are less informal.
0: Yeah. I never thought about it in that way of, like, the way that your husband reacted to it. You assume that if someone is kind of uncomfortable in those conversations because they're homophobic or because yeah. they're whatever. But like, no, it was like, I saw my brother go through so much bad stuff Uh, pertaining to this that like i have a natural like anxiety around or i have a natural just like i don't want you to go through that kind of thing i never thought about it that way but i would also say on top of unpacking your own stuff that's something really big that we talk about when we do these kind of like trainings to people who work in defects like you need to make sure you unpack your own stuff i would also say like find your own resources too. like find i feel like nowadays there's so many resources there's yeah. youtube videos there's books there's like websites there's so web, every like there's so many tiktoks i put tiktoks in our presentations because there's it'll be like quick tiktoks so of like easy. how to make your home more lgbtq plus comfortable or affirming things like that yeah. like just finding your own resources to like educate yourself um and i think once you become more comfortable with the topic, you'll become more comfortable talking to your kid about the topic. And I fully agree, like, not, not everything has to be so formal, like, so yeah. sit down. It could be like, you're in the car, they ask you a question, you answer the question or, you know, you then start to make sure that, you know, the shows that are on have more LGBTQ characters yeah. or, um, the things you watch, what you listen to. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot more books now. My best yeah. friend, oh. my goddaughter, I feel like there's so many books now so that many I see books. that, you could, that literally say it exactly in a way that like kids wouldn't yeah. be receptive to it and would understand it. And it's like a great way to have the conversation. So just like those little resources and those books literally say it exactly in the way you that like, you need to. And you can just read them as the
2: nighttime story versus yeah. this weird, come yeah. on, honey, we're going to like have a conversation about some special little people that live yeah. out in the world is so like contrived yeah. versus it's just integrated into your library. And if they have a question, you can point there and say, yeah. we have a book on that. That may help us understand better. Let's pull it out. I have
1: my book wall. And then I just leave the books on there. And they're always able to just walk in there. So to not make it a big deal, Mm -hmm. we have a bunch of them. And so then randomly my daughter will just randomly pull a bunch of books Mm -hmm. every night to read because she's i think she's trying to surpass her brother's like (laughs) reading level yeah but she like bought like five books and one of the books were books on lgbtq activists Mm -hmm. it's like a little book i could show it i'll probably like share it in like description or whatever and it was just like a little book it's like this big and it's really pretty and it was just but a bunch of activists and from the past and current ones And it was sharing about their past, so, like, where they were born, anything like that. And then the things that they did to further help the LGBT community. And it's just, like, a little book. And then you can – I just have a bunch of books like that. Uh, I even have a book. I think it's, like, Making a Baby, where Mm -hmm. it tells you where it's, like, oh, sometimes it's a man and woman, but sometimes it's just, like, there's also – it's a very – um it's not i would say it's not like a very like uh talking about male or female it's just talking about sperm and egg yeah and also talks about Mm how um there's other process sometimes it's not always female like it could be two moms and they're trying to figure out something so in the book it just talks about how babies are made yeah but it's in a very like kind of neutral way of just showing all the different ways babies are brought into this world and so there are a lot of books that you can have and just put in your home, and your kids will start reading it to the point where it doesn't feel like this, like, you can, and it may be a, like a lazy parent hack. Yeah. You kind of allow these book to kind of start Self-dead. the conversation. Yeah. And then when your kids start asking you more questions, then you, together, you can read the book and ask more questions yeah. and talk about things together.
2: One of the best things my mom did for me growing up, and both my parents, is just say, like, I'm not sure, I'm learning about this right now. Like if you're doing the work, cause otherwise what came to mind when it was like, don't have the conversation till you're ready or till you've unpacked your Together. stuff. Like that's a lifelong journey. Yeah. And so you'll never have the conversation then you'll so never true. feel, you know, enough. You'll always feel it's a little awkward. Yeah. So one thing that can be helpful is just say out loud to your kid, like, Hey, mommy or daddy or parent is trying to learn yeah. more about different ways people are in the world. And it's a yeah. little confusing and scary to me too. And I'm working on it and just, end there. And if they have follow up in there, you can say we can learn together. Yeah, I do we're, kids a I'm lot. unsure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to teach myself. And so if they have a question in the heat of the moment and you're drawing a blank or you're like panicking, just say, I'm not ready to answer right now. Can I circle back to you? Yeah. I love that you asked that. Let's, let's go on a date later this weekend yeah. and we can talk about that more or at the dinner table after I've like had a second, I want to answer that for you. But like, I can't write in this minute. Yeah. Is kids thrive with responses like that. And I think there's this pressure of like saying it right, the having the answer. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. And I think the the thing about like making it more
0: normal when you bring it like making the conversations more normal, making them way more chill, not as formal. I think that also makes it a lot better when your kid does interact with someone who is LGBTQ in the world. Like they don't it's not this like big thick, like they're just super like chill about it. They're very Calm. It's not this like big thing that they
1: have to make this a big is deal a about.
2: Gay person. Yeah, so yeah, I think they're trans, <laughs> mom. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have
1: to become Man, that. Man, that would be so awkward too if the yeah. kid was like that. Because there are parents who generally are trying, but because yeah. they've made it such a big deal, but oh, that person's gay, and the kids like not doing anything wrong. But because they're taught in the way that they were taught from their parents that it just becomes really awkward. And that yeah. parent's like super awkward. Mm. Like, sorry. Because like there are a lot of things. Like I remember my kid, when we were talking about like learning about our bodies,
2: mm. oh, it's like always, like, they have a penis. Right? I have a penis. <laughs> and you're like, uh. they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: I think, like you said, just make it in a way that's not such a big deal yeah. that it can make it where it's going to be less awkward for everybody. Everyone involved,
2: yeah. yeah. The way Gina has talked about this a lot when it comes to racial representation, Presentation. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. do I have any best friends? Do I have anyone I'm closely associating with that is the same as my child, different than me, opening up horizons, representative? I think coming from a more conservative background where there's a lot of fear around this topic, I often had, you know, heard, well... Like, we don't want to show those types of things because they're being, like, influenced to be gay. Like, they're being made gay by talking about it so much. Or you're not queer, so why would you be reading books and watching shows and showing it to your kid? And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? That two shows that you showed them in childhood amongst the 58 other shows that they were regularly watching Mm – is not going to be the tipping point i can promise you that your
0: point about like having people around who are lgbtq or having people around your kids that are black or whatever i think it's so important also i would say feels good as a person like i'm around my goddaughter me and my partner with her all the time usually together so like she sees us as as, like gabby and taylor like that's like her thing and sometimes i even have to stop myself from this like internalized stuff i'm like oh my god should she if you kiss me in front of her is that weird like is that gonna like it's even like my own like internal stuff i'm like is is my be- and my best friend who i've known for over 10 years I'm like is she going to be okay with that like is she really okay with mm-hmm. is us being with Carter right? is she okay kind of like yeah. Carter knowing that we're together like we we are together it's not an issue at all but it's like stuff that i've internalized myself that now i'm like i need to unlearn that for myself it's also so amazing that that's even a thing that i can be that for her that i can yeah. be that representation mm-hmm. and that's it's so normalized for her already like so young And that Um, someone
2: she trusts and has been exposed to her whole life is modeling for her, not that she should be queer, but that if she ever were to be, it's a safe, healthy, natural thing to be. And I will say how to have healthy, thriving relationships, because if you've never seen something modeled, Mm -hmm. then this is, I think, has been an issue in the past, hopefully less now, but like individuals that have never seen healthy relationships with their same sex, if they're, you know, homosexual, whatever it is, then that lack of representation can lead to higher instances of abuse or because you don't know how to be treated, you don't know what to expect and you've never seen really thriving, healthy queer representation. Yes. And I think that 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 makes a difference. There was a time that we had no representation Mm -hmm. and we still have people who are queer.
1: And so this idea of like, because we're pushing for this representation is going to push more children to want to be queer, I, it doesn't make any sense because there were a time where we had like very zero, zero yeah. representation. Or only,
2: not even yeah. zero, all negative. Yeah. So and not only the, you're not seeing them, you're seeing them and they're always the bad guy. They're the weirdo, they're, yeah. So
1: yeah. then how is it where we didn't have any representation and the representation that we had was bad, yeah. how is it that we still have people who are queer and that's just because it is who you are but it's not based on, what you're watching and who's around you. Yeah. It really is that person who they like who they were born to be. What if it does make your kid more comfortable? Or what if it does
0: open their mind? Like why why is that such a bad thing?
2: To explore like, yourself. yeah, it might then what? And I and I think this is a pretty progressive generational thing. Like within yes. society, because yeah. what it feels to me is like people in a generation of people that are like forty and younger, there's a much more progressive ideology around like yeah it's okay to explore yourself and it's okay to um, become more open-minded in some of these areas. And there's like, it was very threatening. I think for generations before that it was because we're, you know, rooted in a lot of systems where, that there's no space for that and it yeah. is a binary and the people that are in charge don't want any of those narratives and because it's empowering to explore yeah. yourself and empowered people are more threatening to those that want just like the structures to stay the same way they are yeah. and
0: wouldn't you want and i'm not a parent like wouldn't you want your kids like have a safe space to explore themselves and you be that safe space so they can't explore themselves and figure out like who they are like i feel like you would want your kid to have that. Like, I wish I think I it comes that. down
2: to an underlying belief of if that, if who they are is actually healthy for yeah. them or is like God's will for them if you're yeah. religious. And if you have a deeply ingrained belief that like being queer sends someone to hell, you yeah. would not want that for your child. Right, and it's yeah. that personal ideology that can lead to fear that can lead to like, I'm saving my child from yeah. who they think they are. To help them stay on the track of who right, they think, really or are think they or, should yeah, be. Yeah. or who god knows they are or and that's yeah. i think that gets so complicated because i always ask myself that yeah. i would want any young person yeah. to feel affirmed in the curiosity of becoming them who yeah. are they and i i cannot i can understand i think where like all that fear would come from Or actually from as a parent myself i definitely can
1: understand because you i think about like one of my kiddos who's like, I, I always worry about like her future and whether or not they'll be okay because I know the statistics and I, I worry. And so then you start to put these worries ahead of just like your child yeah. in a way. So you're like, so worried about what, what's going to be instead of recognizing, like, this is a child I have right now. Let me just help them and support them the way they need. Yeah. Instead of being too worried too much about the future, just being there to support them. You really love your kids and you're really trying to make sure mm. that they're set up for success and if you've been always taught that like, this is success, yeah, this yeah. is the way you're going to yeah. be like bad. That it, it's more of a way of like they're letting the fear take over their love, genuine love for their child. Yeah. So not that they don't love their child. Yeah. But it's like this fear. I don't want my kid to go through this. I don't want my yes. kid to go to hell. I don't want my kid to yeah. have to be estranged deal with-
2: from the family. Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh yeah, I don't want to have to deal with the repercussions socially or in my friend groups or in our family of this child living this identity. So like, I'm going to just detract them from it consciously or subconsciously because it's going to make also my life more complicated and I'm not ready to go to bat. Like I haven't quite sorted this all out and my child telling me that maybe they like girls or maybe they don't feel like the sex they were assigned at birth feels so big and foreign and unknown to me that I'm deeply threatened Buy it. So I'm just going to say, like, you're not old enough to know that. Or I'm just going to say, like, yes, you've been reading, you've been hanging out with the wrong friends. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and curtail it Mm -hmm. away. And that feels, I think there's there's space for that. It's not healthy, but it's understandable. It's understandable.
1: I had a friend who came out to me and told me, like, I would not wish this on anybody Mm -hmm. because this having to go through this whole process of learning who I am, Mm -hmm. be okay with who I am, having family members disown me not talk to me not be invited yeah it's not something that i would choose if i could choose it yeah it's not something i would choose if i could choose it if i could choose for my own kids which is really was really hard to hear them say yeah because it made me realize like one this is not a choice right Mm -hmm. yeah but then two it made me realize how it made me realize like as parents we really put these ideas on what we want for our kids and it's not bad. Yeah. It's not because we don't love our kids. It's just really because we care for our kids and probably care for them too much yeah. that yeah. we end up trying to steer their life and curate make choices. a world for them. Yes. Yeah. Curate a world. Like I wish I could create my, I have my, <laughs> I have a daughter who's like interested in art and I'm like, she's going to be like a sort of like a, like struggling artists and she's going to be like no food you're like <laughs> painting this whole story i am painting <laughs> it literally me and you're like what are we gonna do she's gonna be the struggling artist just painting <laughs> trying to make money and i'm like can we save can we put extra money in her trust <laughs> fund? i'm like i want to start a trust fund, so she's not like struggling i want her to you
2: continue like preemptively being artist, her alive. i don't want her
1: to starve and it's like this idea mm-hmm. of basically wanting to create this create this like world for our kiddos so that yeah. they're fine and it's not that these parents, these people don't love their kids it's just like mm. they're not remembering that they're still human beings that there are other people yeah that they are going to have their own lives and so we forget to do that and we forget or we just choose not to do that and we're like we're just gonna do what we think is best without putting our kids first yeah
2: and i want to speak to as someone who's, like, in my adulthood come into this identity, it feels for me that the any elements of being a part of that community, for me, haven't been that I wouldn't wish them for myself because nothing actually has made me happier. The parts that I'm like, I wouldn't have chosen this have come from societal frameworks, yeah, have come sure. from, like bigotry or bias or judgment that make my life much more complicated, make my self perception much more complicated. But if we lived in a world where those things didn't exist, I wouldn't want nothing more that I'm so proud of that part of my identity. I like love and celebrate that part of myself. And so that's a huge piece of grief for those that we can all, I hope collectively mourn that there are elements of being in the world that someone, it's their most challenging part of who they are and without the reflections they're getting back from others, it may be like the best part of who they are. And it it probably is, but things make it so much more complicated where it's like, boy, my life would be so much easier if I just didn't have this component, right?
0: If I like, I had to like create my own family when I left home and like went to college and finding my queerness, I really found myself, specifically like, and specifically finding black queer friends. I had to realize that maybe... White queer spaces weren't the best for me. And, like, you know, I had to go through all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then once I, like, found, like, other black queer people, it was just, it was just, like, comfort there that I never was able to feel. And I think, like, even with family, like, I have family who I don't talk to anymore because of it, or family who do that thing where they say, like, you know, you, I, 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 I would have been, yeah, like, I would have been fine with it. Like, what are you talking about? But it's like, no, you, you Mm-mm. would not have. You, I remember Mm-mm. what you said growing up, like, you wouldn't have, or like, yeah, when my, grandmother found out and she called my cousin and she was like, and i don't really talk to any of my family besides my cousin really and she was like grandma just called me i thought you died and i was like what are you talking about what happened she's like because she said she was crying so hard on the phone that like i thought something happened to you and i was freaking out and i was like crying because what and she's like she said that you were she couldn't say it said you were living with a woman oh, wow. she couldn't say what was actually that your identity component yeah. But she just said you were living with a woman and I was like, What? And apparently she called a lot of other people mm. and did the same thing. And then when I didn't speak to her for a while, she was confused. Well, I don't really talk to her anyway, but when I really wasn't answering her call, she was kinda confused and I just needed a minute. And then once I did talk to her, she was like, Well, you know, I I I could have been fine. I was fine with it. And I was like, I you mm. people thought I died. Like you were
1: really upset about this. Like if it was big yeah. enough for her to call to uh, basically make Crying, it like this like gossipy yes. drama, yeah. yes, she wouldn't have been okay with it. No, if it was if that was like the context of like people thinking you were dying, it was gossip. Yeah. She's like she could not even say the word like no. oh, yeah. my like granddaughter is gay or mm-hmm. le- lesbian, yeah. and like she's like living with a woman because it's like sounds like the, the 60s identity. or 50s or yes. like the roommate kind of situation. Yes, literally that. If she couldn't even say that, then <laughs> of course she would not have been okay no. with it. I felt like true mm.
0: healing and true love from like friends who I now consider family that like I don't want or need. What is there? So yeah, she and did not react well.
2: One point that you are saying that really stands out to me is taking when someone has come out to you or someone has shared with you about their experience, understanding their identity in any capacity. One thing I think that makes a safer space is considering that that's their story to tell. And are you the kind of person that now you need to like share that with all of your friends and you need to, and do you yeah. have the person who shared that with you's permission to do so? Were they yeah. ready for that? And I, I think it can come up as a parent, like I have the right to share information how I need to. And like, if I'm upset by it, calling someone sobbing, my child shared with me that they're gay or queer in any capacity and I'm distressed by it. And I'm allowed as a person to reach out to my support networks. And like, is that allowed? Is, does that out that child? Is that a safe thing to do? But you're human too. So as a parent, you're human. What, who can you talk to? What is a safe? Okay. Thing. And do you need to run that by your child if it's their business and their information yeah. well, for sure. or do, like, what if they say, no, I don't want you to share this with anyone. And like, you are some sort of triggered or worried or afraid. What comes to mind for me to answer my own question is like Glenn and Doyle, shares some really good insights on this for coming out when she writes in her book, Untamed, about when she was going to share with her mother that she was leaving her heterosexual marriage to like be with a woman and to get married and have this thriving relationship. And she was like, when I shared it, I was met with significant fear because my mom loves me so much that it was like, how will people respond? You already have a following. You've published books. Like You're a public figure. I'm Mm -hmm. worried for you. And her response to that was like, I, I'm not looking for your worry and that isn't helpful to me. That yeah. seems like a you mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I need you to take some space yeah. and not make your fear and your worry for me. Thank you. I hear you, but it's not like, I, I don't need to be met with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a happy part of my life and I'm thriving as I lean into this. And I shared this with you because I love you take yeah. the time you need to also be in a celebratory mindset. And if you're not there yet, like I'm going to stay over here and take yeah. care of myself. And she has this whole moat island analogy that's really healing. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's a good boundary to have. And it's why some kids don't come out they their adults because they don't have that autonomy to say, if you're responding poorly, like I need some space now because you're living in the same roof as them unless you're going to leave your house and be homeless yeah. at 15 or whatever, yeah. <laughs> which kids do, right? If it's so troublesome after they've come out. But I think if someone were to be sharing that as an adult and you as an adult are having a hard time from my perspective, some healthy places to go with that information is like, if you're partnered, hopefully with your partner, like I'm really overwhelmed that my child shared this. I'm hurt that they didn't say it sooner. I'm you're allowed to have all those feelings. You are human too. You may have a whole bunch of feelings that come with that and they're valid too, but they're not your child's problem to hold for you, to fix for you. And so like that takes a lot of grace to navigate in that conversation Meeting your child with respect, with confidentiality, with support, and then, like, taking care of yourself outside of that relationship. And no one's modeling how to do that. Like, that's hard to find. Do you have a therapist? Like, do you have a best friend that will... You know, interest. hold space for you, yeah. but not share that information with anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. where can you go as a parent without outing your child in inappropriate ways? Do you guys yeah. have any thoughts? I probably would talk to a friend
1: I'm really close to who is queer. Yeah, I'm talking
2: to them because they can
1: either maybe help me or if we're all really close, maybe they can also talk to my kid and helping mm-hmm. them as well.
2: If you're talking mm-hmm. to someone you're saying, Everything that's flooding my mind right now is like, what if my kid goes to hell? What if my family kicks them out? What if nobody loves them anymore? What if they can never find a partner? What if people hurt them in the streets when they see who they are? Like, those are valid things to be worried about as a parent. Mm -hmm. And to have someone who's not your child, you're projecting them on, another queer person can say like, hey that like that's valid and hold space for you or can say you don't have to worry about it they're gonna be okay don't project that on them like can walk you through it hopefully in some and may not be able to
0: walk you like maybe the things that you're saying could trigger something that they went through when they were coming out or that that (laughs) their parents said to them or like that they just like aren't in the space to like hear or help you through which is valid but then again I think I agree like a therapist a counselor yeah um you know your partner I know that some States and like cities have like support groups even for like Absolutely. Google that like find sure. a community. So many.
1: Parents will sometimes get really lazy and expect people to give them resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's like you're an adult. You have like one of like the most powerful devices in your hand at all times. Like you said, Google it. You can yeah. find yeah. a watch lot some of YouTube video. You can find out so much information. But also too, there are a lot of information from like very respectable places that you can feel very comfortable with like learning Mm -hmm. from and then from there i'm sure you'll even learn even more Mm -hmm. but like i'm just i guess i get tired a lot of the times even as an adopted parent a lot of people like ask me information like questions about some things and like the biggest thing is always like hair care right and then like i didn't know this and i don't know where can i find that and i'm like the same like phone that you <laughs> the texted same me, place on, place same place me sending it. me messages on Instagram yeah. and on D- and like, in like comments and DMs. Yeah. You can be asking the same questions to like Google. I mean, even yeah. Bing it. I mean, <laughs> ask Jeeves, I don't care. But ask somebody, like, you don't have to like yeah. wait for me to give you the answer and then be like, yeah. well, Gina never gave me the answer, it never did me. And me. So like, I like I never did it. So it was Gina's fault. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, let's not be lazy. Because the same way where I had to learn how to like take care of my kid who was completely different from me. You if your kid is different from you because they're LGBTQ or different race or whatever you have to do the work because that's what you did when you signed up to be to their be a parent. parent. Yeah. You signed up to like learn about them and be the parent in the way that they need to be. But also I think it is good
0: sometimes to learn from your kid, to have those conversations with your kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe your kid just came out and you're both learning and you both want to like, go to your first pride together or you want like, you know, mm-hmm. you guys can learn together, grow together, but also there's a line too because, you know, your kid may also be learning. They may not, and they aren't they they the to folks for everyone. They don't have person. the answers either mm-hmm. themselves. And so, and I, I, I do agree. Like I deal with this a lot when it comes to working with like defects. Like people don't do the. I'm like if you actually did care and you actually wanted to be a support for this child, then you would do the work.
1: I read another one, and um, and this goes back to one of the conversations we had a little bit earlier. There needs to be same sex couples in children's shows. They're not making your kids gay. You're just homophobic. I'm not going. I'm not going to get too deep into this, but. This has been bothering me since the whole Arthur's teacher marrying the man thing went on. The I great debacle th- of
2: my, uh, <laughs> Mr. I
1: don't Ratburn. I feel like I
0: remember this. Yeah. Mr.
1: Ratburn, we found out like he was gay, which <laughs> I don't know if I feel like, if nothing ever, if I, because I watch Arthur a lot. I was one of those because I was raised on PBS. Arthur.
2: 5 p.m. Zoom. PBS. I know, right? <laughs> my mom's thinking, it, and I'm like, Arthur.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think if anything ever indicated to me that Mr. Ratburn was gay. Other than him never having, like, technically, if you think no. about it, he never had anybody. Everybody no. else had, like, a partner yeah. or a spouse, right?
2: But also, you were thinking in a school environment. That's true. So how do we know his partner? He's just, like, their teacher. Yeah. So it makes sense. That's yeah, true. But like it, was a, t- it was the outrage of, like, how mad, did they? When they found right. Mr. Robert. Arthur, yeah. Like, That's Mr. Not. Robert's gay. <laughs> Dan Arthur.
1: <laughs> okay, no matter what you think of homosexuality, there needs to be resident. There needs to be representation. You can teach your kids whatever you want, morally wrong or not, that's your choice as a parent. But with same-sex couples having children, it is something that is around us. Just imagine your kid is in kindergarten. They meet a friend, and they realize that they have two dads or two moms. With only seeing heterosexual couples in media and shows, it can be confusing, and it can make the kid of the same-sex relationship face Hardship slash bullying. Kids seeing that some people have mom slash dad or two dads slash moms would make it easier to explain in the long run, in my opinion. I don't want my child exposed to any sexual situations, gay or straight, but having a show or characters that can open the mind and perspective of others that live different um, from yourself is beneficial.
2: Okay, right out of the gate. The fact that they had to say, this is worth noting in my book, I don't want my child exposed to things of a sexual nature. Like, c- clearly, I hope we're all on the same page, that small children should not be watching sexual acts. But Basie. disproportionately, yeah. gay and LGBTQ Couples are sexualized, yes. so it's like, oh, when I learn that those two people are together, I'm only thinking about they have sex together. Yeah. Versus people when they see a man and woman together, they love each other. This is a supportive yeah. partnership. That's a thriving family. Well, is what's it's emphasized. up until you
1: get married and they're like, you're bumping stuff because now we know you're <laughs> pregnant. That's the only time I feel like okay, true, sexualize it. But other than that, I think you are right. It's no, 100 like I'm thinking tr- about
2: my child is like too sensitive and vulnerable and naive yeah. to be exposed to the fact that two women would be having. I'm like women They're not even like getting there in it. They're not even. Why is this sexual? Yeah.
0: It's like you're sexualizing it. That's your issue. Like that's not like just, just a gay couple or lesbian couple or whoever being on TV isn't inherently sexual. Like they're that's offering your love issue. in a partnership.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's, just, it's
0: exactly what it is when you have a mom and a dad or whoever on a show. Are they, are you looking at them like they're just super sexual? How no.
2: inappropriate that that child that is just, watching them go into yeah. the same bedroom at night versus yeah. if it's a gay couple. That's like, that's what triggered. we need to watch
1: I Love Lucy. They were super si- beds.
2: Yeah, that's what we need. We need to get back to the <laughs> 50s and 60s of keeping it straight lace y'all we should not know that people sleep in the same bedroom yeah. that is taboo but i guess you're right I but mean, for gay people it's always over sexualized that's a common theme yeah. that happens mm-hmm.
1: and isn't it i mean i may be wrong but isn't it more sexualized for women who are like lesbian couples it's always way more sexualized people for them fetishize it i'll yes. be completely
2: frank is yeah. people of all gender and sexual orientation spectrums find some sort of something about women with women yeah. and that's just, it's really sad that for someone to find love with who they want to find love with that because of your perspectives on what is interesting, yeah. whatever, quirky, exciting, yeah. that they're now a sexual icon together for yeah. just finding love together. It's just, it, and that's common. My parents would always comment, they're big hand holders and they've been together for, you know, 36 years or whatever. Yeah. And they're very PDA, we're together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they show that and I just remember distinctly having told to me in my formative years how wrong it is to see that like LGBTQ people are somehow projecting a message or trying to get people to be more like them there's always this gay narrative or what was it called like the gay agenda right yeah that is a real thing that I was raised (laughs) believing was a thing gay people are trying to get everyone else to be gay or gay Mm -hmm. people are trying to like Prove something yeah. by just existing. So, just our existence space, is
0: like a political state. Like, it correct. means something that's like that you're putting onto it. And I will say, like, there is, I mean, there's a lot more with like, you know, gender and queerness is political and things like that. And that's not what like we're talking about here. It's just mostly like two people and a same sex couple existing on a TV show does not mean that's like inherently deeply sexual thing and like it is different like a like a mom and mom is going to be a different relationship it's going to be a different dynamic mm-hmm. but not an inherently sexual dynamic and what's like
2: happening in the bedroom no and i
0: and the and same with like me and my partner like i don't think i realized until i was actually like i dated women whatever but like when i was actually in a serious relationship with someone where i was like Oh, like I really look around when we hold hands. Like we really don't do PDA. Like we, we really like we just got back from vacation. We're like we have to be really careful about if you kissed me or if you gave me a hug. Like I was two always looking around. On a yeah. Cruise? Yeah. Where am I safe being a black woman? Or where am I safe being with my partner? Like it's there's so many different layers to Lairs. it. Yeah.
1: Mm. I can imagine what you're going through as a queer black woman mm. having to like think about all that stuff. Because I remember yeah. just planning a simple vacation. Where I was trying to get my brother and his fiance like let's go on a trip and we're like oh let's go to the Caribbean it's not expensive and he's like oh we can't go to Jamaica we can't mm-hmm. go here we can't yeah. go there and he's like telling us like nope, no 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 and I'm and I'm here I'm like for thinking, being gay for being gay and I was like here's someone like, it's so cheap like let's go and he's like no I really can't like you want us to yeah. die. And like okay yeah no I don't yeah and, right and I feel bad for even thinking like oh but it's so cheap right but or it's like, like off your radar yeah, yeah. it's yeah. off my radar which yeah. is sad to me because I sh- it shouldn't be off my radar when he was sitting there and me and Drew were like thinking about it we talked about it afterwards where I'm like man Drew I didn't think about that I didn't think about how many countries that they can't visit because yeah. we like to like sometimes I don't think about like, how certain countries you can't go to. Yeah. Or you want to But you think about it, like, racially, you know?
0: Like, it's, like, those things where I was talking about it with Courtney in the car, because we were talking about how eventually we both want to, like, live outside of the country. And it's, like... I already have to think about like, okay, where could I go to be safe as a black woman? But now it's like, oh, where can I go to be safe with my partner? Like where and like watching like TikToks and people they and I see videos I like watched the same ones, yeah, where they're like, okay, these are where you can go when you're LGBTQ. And then some of the comments are like, okay, but what if you're black? Yeah, and it's like, oh, at least you can go where, where the if you're intersectionality black. So intersectionality like, of yeah, yeah, there's mm-hmm. not, and I really
1: want to find like someone who is saying where you can you go when, when you're LGBTQ and black. Oh, I started following those people because Ooh, we good. started we started talking about countries that we want to go to to move yeah something safe ever happened to stay for both yeah. of us because we're like we're gonna just live in on a commune and yeah. i started following certain people i'll, I'll see if i can send them to yeah. you but it was the very same thing where i would see people will say oh here are the places you can go and we can feel you're safe if you're black and then i'll find another person here are the places you can go if you're yeah. queer and i was like but i i need both I right need,
0: yeah because not only did i have to like come out then i had to deal with it in like my black spaces too and like then i had to understand like but that was like I guess so there's a common solidarity amongst black people but then once you add in like queerness it's like it's a new it's, bubble it's, has yeah. yeah and I noticed I, I learned a lot of the times that I got to the point where I was so tired of it but a lot of times like in college and and growing up and stuff I had to like bring in the topic of like race for them to understand the topic of sexuality like I had to be like oh well you know as black people we go through this like same thing if, if you're queer like not even saying a little worse because like you black and queer and like once i did that people were like oh okay like, like related they, to the
2: thing that they have experienced yes
0: because mm-hmm. then they kind of are able to understand it and i did go through a phase where i was like okay i'm tired of doing this like i'm tired of you should just be able to get me like, yeah, you're like the epitome yeah. of educator you're <laughs> out here schooling all the people
2: <laughs> doing all the emotional labor <laughs> i was just like i'm so
0: i i hated having to relate to the, to race for them because for me it was like Not that I didn't get that chance, but like, I don't know, it's just, it's such a a niche kind of like place that I'm at being like a black queer woman, but I also, it's really nice when I am in places with other black women specifically where like they get, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. Like I can understand this part and I also don't really understand that part. And Mm -hmm. like, I understand that like, you know, I'm two steps ahead. You may be four, like you -hmm. may be looking at things that I'm not. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm similarly black women. It's, it's a little easier. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's like something common in there that is just inherent and like really comfortable, I would say.
1: If there was one thing that you feel like you would want, either your mom or, like, if you could teach any parent who may have a child who is queer in their home or who is just trying to prepare themselves on the off chance. Because I think, like, I don't... You can't know. You can't know. Because, like, for me right now, I've never, like, been trying to prepare myself in the sense of, like, oh, I'm going to have one. But it's just, like, if I do, then I want to be prepared. Yeah. So that way... I'm not having to unpack a bunch of stuff while my child's trying to unpack a lot of stuff. Yeah. I want to unpack it before it, like, so I could be there fully for them, mentally, physically, yeah. be there for them. What would you want your parent or a Parents, parent who's currently yeah. listening right now, what would you wish that you they could have, like, done or know so that they could be prepared in that chance that they do need to be prepared? I would say, and it sounds so vague, but, like, I really like
0: the point that was made of like leading with kindness and like always being like open, just being like, okay, well, you know, just be kind to them. And you know, they may have different pronouns than you. That's fine. And like, that's just who they are, but also like be really careful about what you say. I don't think parents may realize like how much your kids are going to internalize and like being careful about, you know, like how with my mom, like saying like what I can't listen to or what, you know, I can't watch things like that. Or like, this is, or like your reaction to seeing two men or whoever you're actually seeing queer people like your kids are gonna like take that in mm-hmm. and and even queer or not they're gonna take that in and that's how they're gonna either react to other queer people or feel about themselves um i think that part is really important and also i would say the normalcy of it like creating that safe space and making it just seem normal like hey like you know there's gay people on tv that's totally normal you may have a gay friend that's so no- like that's not a big deal i think the normalization of it because sometimes it can be like a thing like eyes on you you know when someone finds out it's like you're the person that answers the questions everything's on you or like did i say this thing wrong i'm so sorry like, don't get mad at me mm-hmm. stuff like that but like just normalizing it more i would say it would be really helpful so i think those things
1: well how what are some ways that you feel like parents could normalize it
0: like I would,
1: maybe just give two examples because yeah. i don't know there's so many different examples yeah. right like what are like a way that you maybe that like, you've seen with your own goddaughter, daughter yeah. god um, oh, child yeah that you saw that they normalized that you really, really appreciated because mm-hmm. it was, like, a such a small way, but also made such a huge impact.
0: Yeah, I would say, and she's so young, so there's only so much they can do right now, but for sure, like, in the media that she consumes, it's it's super open, super diverse in all ways, diverse racially, diverse sex- with sexuality, um, and just, you know, even, like, even going out of the way to find things that are, that do have, like, gay people in them, like making sure that they do watch that and they are into it or, you know, whatever. And then also even like having queer people around you, not just around you just to be there, but like people that you love and that you have relationships with like and that have relationships with your kids and that you show your kids that you're really comfortable Having them around them like you're you love having them around like having queer people around i would think is like really important
1: basically in a way i'm not like kind of tokenizing them no. just yeah. to be there yeah. but like They're actually integrated. have genuine relationships yeah. that you feel like mm-hmm. like hey like i could see because i talk about this with in the same way like the way you like hate having to like relate this to yeah. like race but like i tell a lot of adoptive parents like you should have a, if you have a child of a different race in your home you should have a like a genuine friendship yeah with someone of the same race as your child so that way they see it in a way of like you genuinely like yeah. you can call them up and be like my kids are acting up a fool today yeah. and you talk your kids see that and you want the same thing you're basically yeah. saying that you should have true genuine friendships with someone mm-hmm. yeah. uh, who are part of the queer community that your kids are not it's not tokenism in any yeah. way
0: and just like in general i think Con- constantly educating yourself like not like you have to go read like some like super scholarly book like mm-hmm. you know but like just like educating yourself because that can even impact like in little ways how you talk about things in little ways how you react to things if you did see a gay person or whatever. like it w- it can influence like your behavior and that can then influence your kids and they see it that's how you react when you familiarize yourself with it more and you're more comfortable with it and then that in turn just makes your kid more comfortable with it yeah
1: uh, I would love to hear more about your um, nonprofit that you're working for. Yeah, if you want to share. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. So I work for MAC. It stands for Multi Agency Alliance for Children. Um, and we just support youth in foster care. There's multiple different ways. We have totally different programs. Some programs work with like mental health. Some programs work with um empowerment. So you know, helping kids in foster care. You know, be their own advocates. Go to um the capital and like advocate stuff like that. I specifically work in education. So you know, supporting. in foster care with their education getting them a tutor making sure that schools are being nice to them and they're being treated the same um getting them school supplies making sure they can go to prom stuff like that um so yeah if you ever like want to go to our website and donate um it all goes back to the work that we do with the kids Mm -hmm. um but yeah we just just partnering with other agencies and partnering with other programs within our agency to just support kids in foster care in the best way do you have a social media page that if anyone oh yeah i do um, um yeah, on my what is it my instagram and everything is just gabby g-a-b-b-y and then s-u-s-s so yeah
2: follow me there
1: yeah hey. and thank
2: you for your time yes. i feel like your this insights your, I,
0: this is amazing i Aww. had a great time yeah Aww, thank Are you. so yeah. Appreciate it. your time mm-hmm. contributing
2: yeah. is invaluable yeah and i really really appreciate
1: you thank you there, i Gabby. appreciate
0: that too and i also am a co-leader of the soji committee which stands for sexual orientation gender identity and expression and so if you guys need like some um, resources that you want to like put mm-hmm. out in the descriptions or whatever i can send you over some stuff Let's some do. great yes. links um that have are been really helpful
1: there'll be a lot of parents who are wanting more yeah. information more resources yeah We're not going to be lazy parents, right, Yeah, You're going to find your own, not
0: just Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I definitely have some great links to share. And yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me. Yay. It's been great. (laughs) Yeah. I
2: think that's it. Yay, we did it. that's a wrap. Yay. Yay.